Hey, what's up, people? Welcome to the Sonic Cloth Podcast. If it is your first time here, I am much obliged. I definitely appreciate you surrendering your ears and your attention to me just for a little bit. After all, I am just a stranger on the internet with an RSS feed. If you are a returning listener, thanks so much for uh, coming back here. I appreciate it. So if you've listened to the show before, you probably know what to expect at this point. We have got a good old-fashioned solo episode today, and you know what that means. That means this episode is not going to be stupidly long. Uh, We're going to try and keep things well under 90 minutes here. Uh, We'll see how things go. Um, And I got to say, I'm pretty excited for this one because we have our first official recurring series on the show. And, and I would say the real reason that I've launched the series is basically just so I can slot a bunch of uncategorizable shit together and kind of just group it together by vibe and mood. And I like that because it really takes the pressure off of me from, uh, you know, birthing these nonsense rabbit holes into existence. And I'm not saying that any of that is hard work. Like, it's not hard work by any means compared to actual hard work. But... Let me just say this, uh, uh, doing bullshit, and, and that's very much what I'm doing here, is uh, you know a fair amount of, of work goes into it. So I, I just want to shout out all my uh, fellow bullshitters on the internet out there. There's a lot of us, and um, you know we, we get a bad rep, but sometimes the bullshit is needed. That's, that's all I'm going to say. So let's call this bullshit series Fringe Psych. And look, not everything on here is fringe. That's absolutely true. Like some of this stuff... I'd say it's pretty well known, uh, definitely among like record heads and even casual uh, music listeners. But what I would say is for the casual music listeners, this, this might be stuff that they're aware of, but they wouldn't expect. So the way this volume series is really going to work is that I'll be putting together volumes of this series and then just kind of releasing sporadically. So, you know, we're not going to start with Fringe Psych Volume 1 here and then uh, two weeks from now go into volume two and then a month from now going to volume three not even that i keep that <laughs> that frequent of a release schedule instead what we're going to do is this is just going to be a series that just pops into the feed every once in a while probably going to happen when i hit a wall in kind of developing episodes or or none of the guests who i'm emailing uh want to email me back so consider this a little bit of a, a palate cleanser to offset what is already a pretty uh, palate destroying project in this podcast so this particular rabbit hole was was really birthed from uh, a single playlist that I've been keeping for years now, and um, trust me, I keep I keep a lot of them. You would be uh, horrified to look at any of my um, streaming service playlists. I'm actually, like uh, deeply ashamed by by how disgustingly like massive and queued up they are, um, to the point where I'm pretty self conscious about like having that window open in front of other people. But this playlist. It's probably the one I listen to like more than any other playlists that are in my vaults. And and the type of music that really makes the cut here is just stuff that I come across that it's definitely not genre specific, but it's just music that's exploratory and, and clearly the makings of uh, artists who are like operating in their own universe altogether. And and it's really outside of like genre trappings. And and this is definitely music that can slot into way more than one musical planet. So I tend to put this playlist on when I want to be surprised by the music, and um, that definitely happens as I kind of move around from track to track randomly. So this is definitely music that tests conventions, um, things like duration and accompaniment and production and structure, definitely structure. But I'm trying to put together like coherent you know, themes to each one of these uh, volumes and series. So this is uh, certainly music for your mind. 
Um, it's music that is aiming to settle you and sometimes unsettle you to transport you through history, time, and space. Um, and I would say this is definitely music that complements all kinds of uh, extracurricular activities. And that's really what Psych is to me, and to be like quite honest. It's not really Jefferson Airplane or Pink Floyd or the 13th Floor Elevators. You know, that was a scene that was accented by a time and place. And it was an interesting one, and, and probably like a very uh, needed evolution in popular rock and roll coming out of the 50s. And it's not that those bands don't slot in here, it's just that Psych is not confined to a particular like scene or time, like, you know, mid-60s, late 60s, early 70s. And and I'd say the same for for groups like Spiritualized and The Flaming Lips and Aerial Pink and Animal Collective and shit like that, which in some ways is, you know, looking back towards that type of music and just utilizing, you know, more modern techniques and influences and, and kind of taking things and evolving things further. Like, I, I definitely appreciate and love records by a lot of those bands. But what we're after here with Fringe Psych is just music that is highly attuned to like altered states of consciousness and that is definitely being made like across the spectrum of style, genre, scene, and time. So this is music that cannot be slotted anywhere other than the fact that it's being made by artists who like are fusing their seemingly amazing musical abilities and ideas with some kind of calling to like an unbounded perspective on life and the human condition. And, and, you know, this is very much like everything is open, everything is free, everything is permitted type shit. So that's really the idea with Fringe Psych. And uh, if that is all lost on you, then uh, maybe that's the point. Um, I do think, you know, in putting together rabbit holes uh, in, in past episodes, I've probably pontificated on those rabbit holes a bit too much. Um, so I, I'm kind of seeing Fringe Psych as like the antithesis of the mission here at the Sonic Cloth because I'm, I'm always just kind of stringing together artists and tracks to see how the tapestry gets weaved together. But with this, it's it's really just about uh, plucking stuff out and, and, and dumping it in and casting a, a pretty wide net. Um, and, and I think that's fine. I mean, I think, you know, contradictions and, and failed missions are all part of the game. And in my opinion, it's, it's much more important that they're interesting then uh, they are coherent. So with that said, we are launching this thing off with volume one of Fringe Psych, and we're gonna call this one the laid back shit. And I honestly had no idea what else to call it. Other than that, I really didn't put more than five seconds of thought into it. And and I really don't know what it is, but as I kind of stagger through my mid and lay my late 30s, I am finding myself more drawn to like subtle and laid back sounds. I mean, I definitely still need like these jolts of adrenaline and extremity from time to time just to kind of you know keep me pissed off and to reclaim some energy that i'm uh steadily losing but you know in my youth and my early listening habits like this is definitely this was definitely the exact inverse for me for a long time i mean like i would always just kind of suffocate myself in like this wild unhinged shit and then try and recharge with something that's a bit a bit quieter maybe a bit more tasteful so with this particular track list i'm pulling together music from the last 50 years that is really uh prioritizing um you know minor grooves uh decompression and restfulness music that puts uh, the vibe forward and, and really just like stays there so you're not really going to get beaten over the head with any of this stuff um but with that said this music is is still entrancing um, it can be rapturous, it can be exploratory, 
um, just like anything else, but it, it's kind of doing so in a more like closed eye focus and joy. It's it's not really needing to have these, you know, ups and downs and crescendos and uh, differences in loud, soft and dynamics. It's kind of just more about like reveling in a particular mood for some time. Definitely some hypnotic stuff here. I mean, at the end of the day, like I, this is almost like weird dad rock, but only if your dad like grew up living uh, an island lifestyle <laughs> and is like a dude who's like fully mastered the the art of chilling. But I'm um, not really in a Steely Dan kind of way, more in like uh, a weirdo dad who does the occasional DMT trip and then also like reads books <laughs> on the occult and like hypnosis and shit like that. But, um, you know, what I'm getting at with that comparison is that there's like there's a little bit of a breezy streak running through a lot of these tracks. And some of this stuff sounds like almost like Exotica, to be honest. But I kind of really stopped myself from going all in on that because uh, Exotica is really its own rabbit hole. And it's and it's one I don't really know very much about. So if there are any Exotica heads out there, you should hit me up. We could try to do a collab episode together and you could school me on it. But yeah, some of the stuff definitely has those like islandy vibes. I don't know what else to call it. But you know, it's the Sonic Cloth, so it's gonna have a, a fairly twisted bend to it, just because that that tends to be my tastes. You know, a fair amount of these tracks are are fairly esoteric. Some of them are kind of low key creepy, um, and a lot of this stuff I'd say is on the jammy side of things too. Which like, hey, you know, we gotta expect that from musicians who are uh, trying to channel something uh, greater than themselves, even if what they're channeling is just uh, communicating with their their fellow uh, uh, bandmates uh, to uh, you know really hone in on a groove and kind of like chase it down and, f and follow it and see where it goes. Um, a lot of the stuff is kind of in the realm of weirdo soundtrack music where the artists are really creating their own worlds or maybe they're even part of like some greater world building project like a film or something like that. I mean I definitely hear the influence of stuff like Ennio Morricone and Goblin, you know, this very cinematic rock stuff that was coming out of the 60s and 70s. I think there's even some light prog touches on some of the stuff, but again, nothing too bombastic here. That is basically the rule, it's the asterisk. And, um, you know, if you'll recall, uh, if you're a steady listener on one of my early episodes, I, I really uh, shit canned prog and uh, I just kind of find myself opening up that, that gift box and uh, being able to pull more stuff out than I thought I would like. So, you know, this is an evolution and learning uh, process for all of us. So with all that thrown at you, I just threw a lot. Let's go ahead and get into these tracks. I think it's kind of cliche to say this, but things are going to get a bit weird. And when I really meaning to hone in on there is that when I was creating this playlist, I'm just thinking about this in the sense that it's basically the soundtrack to um, somebody going through a slightly bad psychedelic dissociative experience. Um, the person is definitely like completely far gone, but they're not freaking out yet. They're just kind of a little bit unnerved at some of the stuff that they're seeing and feeling. But at the same time, you know, they're not regretful at all that they're on this trip in the first place. So that's it. That's really the spirit animal that we're going after with Fringe Psych Volume 1. Okay, kicking this thing off 
is the duo Lilacs and Champagne, who were definitely the first band I thought of when I was planning this episode. So this is a project of uh, Emil Amos and Alex Hall, who are both in the band Grails, who I featured on the show in the Ambient Americana episode. And Grails are, are, are also featured later on in this track list, actually. Um, so I know I'm going heavy on the Grail stuff here, um, and there are other kind of surrounding bands and universe that they uh, inhabit, but they're, they're just too good at this, and they're too important in kind of bringing cinematic, a kind of global, far-reaching psychedelic rock music like into the modern era. So this track is called Hamburgers and Tangerines, and it's off their 2013 album Danish and Blue. Um, released by the label Mexican Summer. So uh, Lilacs and Champagne make a lot of sense if you have a basis for Grail's music, as I'm sure there is like a large center area of like the Venn diagram of influences between the two groups. But what Lilacs and Champagne like really hone in on here are these sample-based grooves and beats that are, I would say, largely instrumental. Um, but you do get a lot of like spoken samples in there as well. And I think there's a lot of like instrumental hip hop influence in here from like kind of a record flipping standpoint, but also just in terms of like pure sonics and, and you know, track length and stuff like that. As for textures, like this particular album is called from, and, and I'm going to quote this, Scandinavian porn and hyper obscure B-movies from the late 60s. So <laughs> amazing source material here, of course. And so these dudes are like, you could tell they're true crate diggers. And I imagine that their LP collections would confound even like the most discerning like record dorks. But I love all of their stuff because it's exactly like my kind of mood music. It's got a very like schlocky kind of concept and approach, but like the end results are are blissful and trippy and, and just such a pleasure to listen to. I mean, this track in particular, like it hits off with like this very meaty organ bass and guitar groove. And then it just introduces like so many layers of sounds. And, and this just creates like a totally dynamic audio experience. I mean, if you have like good speakers, good headphones, this is this is something you want to crank up like all the way. So this music is definitely like telling some kind of story to your ears through the song. And, and that's what really makes the track so engaging. There's like these seagulls squawking in the background. There's like these multi-tracked guitars that are just like letting it rip throughout. I, I don't think they're sampled. I think these guys are both playing on top of it. Um, there's these gorgeous strings that are just like singing and these echoes of synth that like pop in at the perfect time. It's just the classiest sleaze you've ever heard. You know, it's totally equal parts like uh, a brain and groin. And this is just some high fidelity psychedelic music that you can totally zone out to. So this is definitely for fans of like meticulously crafted hip hop and trip hop and even like prog heads alike. Across the bay, the skyline winks in half-imagined design, calling back old memories like reflections of my mind as the city wraps itself in gray and day reaches for the night. It's the time of dusk, the time of remembering. Even the war 
but now, the seasons twice turned, I've learned to trust again things that might have been. Okay, we are entering an entirely different flavor of psych music here, laid-back type. It is about to get very, very freaky, but trust me, this is uh, a welcoming groove. I mean, I would say it's even a beautiful one. And this is uh, certainly in the mold of, like, Sun City Girls and maybe some obscure exotica and definitely some kind of, like, ritualistic vision quest (laughs) that I haven't quite put my finger on. But the group is called, uh, and, and bear with me here, Akchamel, the Giver of Illness. And the track is titled The Funeral of a Woman Whose Soul is Trapped in the Sun. And this is off their 2020 album, The Totemist. Um, this was released by a, a really great label, one I've talked about a little bit here on this podcast called Acuphone. And I don't think I would have learned about this if not being the type of dude who just tries to sample everything new that comes out on the Acophone label. So this um, mysterious duo is uh, self-described as 
fourth world post-colonial cultural cannibalists circumcising the foreskin of enlightenment. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, right to expect some uh, out there shit. But, you know, at no point is anything in this track like jarring, I would say, except for maybe the vocals, which admittedly are like kind of kind of ghostly and otherworldly. But this track has just has such a killer groove that, you know, I'm fairly confident is based in some kind of like maybe Afro Latin kind of music. And, and you just can't help but be transported to like an untouched uncolonized like island crawling with like ceremonies and spirits and and voodoo and what i love about this track most is its ability to to really like just launch you into like uh somewhere you've never been and are probably a bit like freaked out to be visiting but the the groove and the instrumentation are just are so hypnotic i mean this is an absolute masterclass in just like establishing an unforgettable sentence setting and I, I love the acoustic and then later on these electric guitar licks that come in. It's like the perfect accompaniment here. And and I love the way that the track transitions eventually to like a more major key passage. I mean, these are musicians that I'm assuming like reject the typical like light versus dark conventions um, in the same way like of their kind of acid folk forefathers. Uh, instead, I feel like they're channeling something that, you know, the vast majority of us are, are probably never going to experience in our uh, spiritually disconnected existence. And and I, you know, I don't really know what I'm getting at with this like line of thought, but I, I do have a quote um, from the making of the record here that uh, definitely offers some insight into the flesh of this record and the, and the sounds really which made it on here. So I got this from uh, their Bandcamp page says the totemist is a shamanic album written and recorded in a ghost town in the chihuahuan desert in far west texas a place where the dead outnumber the living various overdubs and field recordings were captured in the historic terlingua cemetery an ancient burial ground filled with small grottos and graves made of sticks and stones this being the final resting place for miners who succumbed from illnesses derived from the toxic rare earth element known as mercury so uh, I think that pretty much tells it all. Uh, enjoy this spectacular gem of uh, laid-back audio witchcraft.
Okay, next up we've got a rare but infinitely funky gem. This one is from JB Green and Born Again, and the track is called Time. And let me just start off by saying there is uh, very little known about this artist and track out there in the internet. Um, this is one of those tracks that's mostly like coveted by soul and funk record geeks. Um, I feel like their, their sole mission in life is just to collect rare 45s and just pay like absurd prices for for each one of them and and presumably part of why you know this might be so coveted is because nobody really knows that much about it in the first place i mean all we really know is that it's from 1976 and it was on uh something called the green label pretty cryptic stuff um but this is just one of those laid back grooves that is absolutely timeless i love the second track of percussion on here the drums they're just mixed like really really high and this is basically like a lesson on how much psychedelic rock can groove with like some of the best soul and funk of the era. And and the guitar tones like really morph throughout the track, alternating between like these fuzzy scales to like palm muted riffing that's like I think straight from like the African guitar playbook. Um, you get these like kind of Santana-esque slides and phrasing and discordant kind of scraping and noise making too. And, and there's not much to say about this track other than it's it's the groove you never want to end. And this is probably the most like on the nose, laid back psych track on the playlist. But, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I felt the need to throw something on here that just demonstrates the magic that can happen when a few musicians capture a perfect jam on like a single riff. <laughs>
We have arrived at the episode's inevitable grails moment, and I won't spend too much time dissecting the group because they truly are like one of the most versatile and sprawling bands that you're likely to come across in music. So it's like a kind of a foolish task to try and pin them down to anything. But one thing that they do incredibly well is write and perform these like ominous, like mantra like jams that are just so dynamic and spacious, but they just like remain tempered. 
And I mean, there's a discipline in not just letting loose and rocking, you know what I mean? Like, I really respect that discipline and that holding back. And this track demonstrates that extremely well. So this is uh, a song called Black Tar Frequencies. It is off of the album Black Tar Prophecies, Volume 1, 2, and 3, which is basically a collection of tracks that the band assembled after ridding themselves of having like instrumental roles in the band, basically. And just kind of trying to serve the material and recording sessions, like in whatever configuration works. So this track is really interesting because it's rare to hear music that is so deeply rhythmic and jammy, but that also has this incredibly dark side to it. And that's exactly what this track is for me. I mean, this sounds like dark dub music. I mean, it's got like d- these dub reggae drums and kind of like, you know, Lee Scratch Perry and the Scientist kind of like reverb heavy like uh, uh shifty kind of style of production and, and there might even be some like melodica that's playing in the background too and that's exactly the kind of track that i was on the hunt for here like this is psychedelic music in the sense that it's coloring in non-traditional moods and atmosphere to a style of music that has like a well-worn traditional expectation around it and i think avid music listeners think these types of thoughts to themselves a lot uh where you're like okay I love what I'm listening to right now, but like I I would love it even more if it was like transposed or changed or altered in like this way or that way. (laughs) So it's just the idea that you can kind of like make a tweak large or small to like an existing piece of art to kind of suit your own listening desires. It's it's, it's very like selfish and and egocentric of us, I think. But I I think this instinct probably helps a, a lot if you like play and write music yourself. Because um, it could potentially inform like what you want to do creatively. But anyway, I'm just going to stop there. Um, I'm going to let this truly awesome track play out. Uh, Grails are, are a really big band for me. And, and to me, they are one of the best definitions of psychedelic music that isn't really rooted in any of the usual psych suspects.
Okay, moving along. What would a collection of psych tracks be without some German representation? So here we have uh, a group called Sunbirds. The track is called Sunrise, and this is off their 1971 self-titled album. And this album was introduced to me through the obscure album like YouTube algorithm. And I'm sure many of you are familiar with these uh, like YouTube channels where people basically upload like obscure psych and prog and fusion world and, like folk records uh, to their YouTube channels. And, and once you click on one of these bad boys and like actually spend some time with it, your YouTube experience becomes like not about watching videos anymore, but just about being introduced to like all these freaky records that ultimately get reissued left and right to vinyl um, to maybe even account for like the hundreds of thousands of views on like, say, a fucking 1967, like weirdo folk album from Ecuador, which like, you know, 50 people heard at the time of its original release, but is now like, you know, 3 million uh, views on YouTube. Anyway, I'm not like trying to knock the process. Like I've become obsessed with like many records via this kind of pipeline. And uh, it's honestly like one of the funnest ways to just have an album just like dropped into your lap, like out of the blue. But anyway, Sunbirds, this is a German fusion group. And um, this has a very like jazzy soft machine thing going for it. Um, this is like highly repetitious, cosmic, jammy music. Uh, it's totally stoned, but it's never flying off the rails really. And honestly, a lot of like 70s German stuff is like super rhythmic, um, but also not like melting your face off per se, um, at least compared to like some of the American and British or even Italian and Japanese counterparts who just were all about crazy fuzz boxes and orange amps and like volume. So I definitely appreciate like a mind numbing groove like the one displayed here. I love the insane guitar atmospherics that are being trotted out. Like the organ work is also like very killer. And when the drums kind of break out of the groove and wild out a bit, that, that's also like pretty awesome. Um, and then the last thing is you just got to love that flute. I mean, you add a flute to a, a trippy extended jam and I'd say majority of the time, everything gets elevated. You know, at the end of the day, I'm more of a Mahi Vishnu orchestra guy. But with that said, this is a perfect relic of like laid back psychedelic 70s music.
Next up in the series is Hungarian guitar legend Gabor Zabo, and this track is called Somewhere I Belong. It is from the 1969 album uh, titled 1969. And this is actually an album of Gabor doing like jazzy instrumental covers of like pretty well-known tracks. Um, but this is the lone exception. Um, it's actually the last track on the record. And it's the best one in my opinion. This kind of falls into like an easy listening. Some people would say elevator, like being put on hold kind of music. Um, to be a little bit honest, I, I kind of get that. But it, it, it makes the cut here because some of this stuff is just kind of schlocky and has a little bit of a sleazy vibe. And that's just like the, the corner of psychedelic music that maybe is a little bit horny. Maybe it's uh, interested in some uh, low-key uh, secretive debauchery. I don't know. Um, and I don't even know if that's like what the artist is intending here. But this track is just a great encapsulation of having like guitar prowess. And I mean, like seriously, Gabor Zabo is like one of the most fond over jazz guitarists like you can imagine. So he's capable of a lot. But he's using his like honed in talent here to give us something very intricate and subtle, um, a bit atonal even. He's just got like this multi-tracked guitar like all over this thing. He's like coming in with these bendy licks and pinch harmonics while like a bassy steady beat just kind of propels things. It's very like mid-tempo. And, and, and you listen to this and it's just it's basically the soundtrack to like uh, you know, tailing somebody on foot. It's just like super cinematic and has this uh, shadowy, maybe city noir thing running through it. And I, I could absolutely see a group like Grails like pulling in some vibes from a track like this. And Gabor's catalog is like pretty large and rich, so there's really a lot to get into with him. But um, you know, his his really tasteful um, uh, and dexterous like guitar playing is, is what you're gonna be in for in any of his records. But if I had to recommend a couple, I would definitely recommend Bacchanal and Dreams as good starting places. But I always go back to this track. This track rules and it just fits the laid back psych uh, vibes just so perfectly.
Okay, we're going to continue the streak of late 60s, early 70s erotica here. This is the track The Shamanization 1 from the Fantastic Planet soundtrack, which was uh, created by Frenchman Alain Gorajour, who is an arranger and composer who did a lot of his most renowned work in the 60s and 70s. And I've actually never seen this film, Fantastic Planet. Um, I believe it's like an animated film from the 70s. Uh, definitely is about aliens in some kind of way. But it's one of those cult classics that, that breeds a rare amount of obsession. And it's just got a, like that trifecta of a cult classic where it's got like a very striking aesthetic, you know, a very interesting like fond over movie and then just like a killer soundtrack. Like if you have all three of those things, I think it's just going to like stay fresh in the minds of like, generation after generation like finding a new audience but this soundtrack features a lot of like recurring motifs and this is probably the most recognizable one from this uh movie and i wish i had the context of having seen the film i tried to to squeeze it in before the recording of this episode it just didn't happen but you know currently watching the sopranos for the fourth time so i can't fucking be bothered but you know, this is a killer piece of French sleaze. That's that's basically why I like it. Um, instrumentally, it sounds like an indirect predecessor to like trip hop or something, and and maybe even some of like Radiohead's like groovy jams. It also has like a, a very similar melody to um, Adam Hart Mother by Pink Floyd. So uh, see if you can make that connection for yourself. But this is basically like a, a dark, shadowy, uptight version of funk played by French people. <laughs> and it's very sexual, but it's also like a little bit unnerving. I mean, I really love the strings on this. Um, they're so ominous and remind me of like some of Johnny Greenwood's kind of like experiments with strings and scoring. Also, the drums are like very groovy, very hip hop like. And I know that this has been sampled in rap like crazy. Um, it's just a quality cut all around. It's, it's deeply psychedelic and trippy. Um, and it's crazy that some old French geezer like composed this in the early 70s because... It sounds like it's of its time in some ways. It really only does so if, like, you were to revise the past to include the presence of uh, erotic aliens.
right, we are starting to wrap this thing up here. Next on deck is, uh, and Lord help me with this pronunciation, uh, Spiritualic Enhancement Center. This track is called Persian VHS Dealer. Oh, man, that's a fucking great title. Um, and it is off the album, uh, Carpet Album from 2021. And I am just really glad to have something on here that is, uh, you know, brand new, but carrying the flag for like freaky early 70s Miles Davis records. So this is a group that describes themselves as an eclectic outer national musical collective and spectral trance jazz ensemble with a psychedelic punk methodology. So when you listen to this track, um, or any of their tracks, really, I mean, the thing that that was immediate to me was that, you know, improvisation runs heavy through the blood of this music. And actually, my first introduction to this project was through um, one of the members, I believe it's the drummer, um, Nicholas, who also releases music under um, another project and another moniker called Cake. And um, not Cake like the food, but rather C-A-Y-K-H. Um, and, and I cannot recommend that stuff enough. It's just like this really warped and insanely exploratory melding of like esoteric and groovy music that blurs the lines between like performance and sampling in a mixtape. But anyway, uh, you know, that discussion is for another day. It was actually uh, through following Nicholas's work that I came across this group, um, Spiritualic Enhancement Center. Um, and there are a few releases um, from this group um, at this point on top of a bunch of live material that Nicholas was really kind enough to send me in a, in a really awesome, uh, huge zip folder. So I'm actually, you know, currently in communication with him trying to pull together um, a Sound of Cloth episode, but he really wants to do something that is a bit outside of my format and more taking in like live listening. So um, I've just been slacking on pulling that episode together, but um Apologies to Nicholas um, if they're listening because I absolutely would love to get that going again. But back to this uh, particular project, this track, Persian VHS Dealer. This is actually a bonus cut off of their uh, 2021 album from this year, and it's a monster of a jam. I mean, I love when the groove settles in after a little bit of atmospheric buildup. It sounds to me like these old Babylonian gates like opening up or like uh, the soundtrack to like an underground market on like Planet Arrakis. <laughs> or something like that um there's definitely some like near east melodies melding with some real alien like textures um and i think that's why i'm getting <laughs> a little bit of dune vibes here it might maybe just because i just saw that movie somewhat recently too but um the harmonic and disharmonic synths um and patchwork like that's coming through on top is just so nice i mean there's this forward thrusting groove and it's just a great track it's so hypnotic it's so committed to texture and atmosphere. And to me, it really does feel like an extension of what the great, you know, fusion groups were doing, um, particularly when they meddled in like world sounds. And I'm thinking of stuff like, you know, Don Cherry and Herbie Hancock, but definitely some, I think there's some like, you know, 70s German stuff like Can that's being worked in here to kind of emphasize like very deep grooving. And this manages to restrain itself, like both in duration and I think in kind of volume. And all of the instruments that have got to be on this track, I mean, and that's really what makes this fit into the rabbit hole of like laid back psychedelic music, because the players are all serving the song and sharing in its ceremony.
All right, we have reached the finale to this laid-back psych trip. And once again, I saved a real gem for last, as I always do. I just gotta, you know, reward those who stick it out till the end. That's really what this deep listing shit is all about, if you ask me. So this is one of my favorite tracks of all time. And it's by the British duo called Woo. That's W-O-O. And the track is called It's Love. And it's from the album Into the Heart of Love, which was released on cassette tape in 1990. And this thing did not get a new reissue until like 2014. And I actually first heard of Woo after listening to um, Eve's Tumor's 2017 release, Experiencing the Deposit of Faith. In fact, like I didn't even know that this was a sample, but the main guitar passage that's featured on the Eve's Tumor track, like throughout the entire song, Although it's like very heavily edited, I think it's like maybe tuned down and a bit slower. I was just so struck by this guitar passage. And I kind of wanted to like see if this like was Eve's Tumor. Is this like their own playing or what? And and that's kind of what led me to the original track, finding out essentially that it was sampled. And, and this is essentially like a nylon string guitar playing along with like various other like guitar tracks that are panning in from like different channels. And it's just the loveliest thing you've ever heard. I mean, I, I found out a bit more about the recording of this track um, after reading Wu's like Bandcamp page. So It's Love was a tune based on a poem that was written by our long lost friend Trish. Mark's way of recording is to record a chord structure and simply jam along with it as if playing with other musicians. With this track overdumbing more harmony notes with a guitar to enhance the melody. And that's really all, like all this track is. Like I love the additional guitar accents that kind of pierce in and out of the main guitar passage. They're just so creative and the phrasing and timing of these accents like really gives the composition like this mystical kind of feeling. And I'd say a lot of Wu's music is like fairly simple and stripped down, like whether it's guitar or synth driven. But to me, it's all music that is coming from like a place of pure expression and discovery. Like it's not actually the trippiest music at all. In fact, it's like pretty much like new age music. But, um, you know, like the band states on their Bandcamp page, like they make new age music that revels in not just like delicate and spiritually kind of supreme moods, but also like new age music that brings in playfulness and silliness and, and restfulness. So this is basically like the coziest music you ever heard in your life. You just want to like brew up some hot tea and sit alone staring off into the distance while like, I don't know, like ruminating on like absolutely nothing. And, and if that's not some like wise elderly psychedelia, <laughs> I don't really know what else is. So that's going to do it. I hope you are sufficiently chilled out and, and maybe still buzzing a little bit. I am uh, definitely stoked to bring you like more entries into this Fringe Psych series here in the future. Um, I've got a couple guest episodes that I am really excited about coming up. So keep an eye out for that. And I'll try and tease those out on Instagram. So please follow the podcast over there at The Sonic Cloth. Um, please hit me with a rating and review if you'd like. I'll take whatever you throw at me, good, bad, or neutral. And you can always shoot me an email at thesoniccloth at gmail.com if you want to try and uh, collab on something. You know, let's say you know a lot about uh, early witch house or uh, dark cabaret music. Definitely just hit a brother up uh, and we could try and get into something. We are going to go out on this magnificent track, It's Love by the enigmatic group Woo. Till next time. Thank you.